Yo, yo, yo! It's PB and J time, y'all. I've got my fabulous team with me tonight. Everybody's not here, but I have... Oh, can I call you Claire Bear on the <laughs> mic? Please? <laughs> I don't know how else to call it. I've got Claire, one of the fabulous, the fabulous founder of CJ's Place. If you guys have not checked that out, make sure that you do. He's located in Wichita, Kansas. But you can find him on Facebook and get all of your catering needs met. And let me tell y'all, for one, I ate the food and you know I ain't gonna lie to y'all. He he can he does he does his thing. He does his thing. So go ahead and swoop up the menu, check him out, see what's going on. Then I have the lovely incomparable Tiffany. Do I need to say Hadessa? I mean, you can do it. I mean, once, I feel like I kingdom name. I feel like I already did it. Heinz here sitting at the round table with us and we 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 real cozy tonight y'all i mean i'm still in my my gym gear but everybody look real comfortable <laughs> around this table everybody here to the mission so um we're gonna get started i did not prep them as y'all know i don't like to prep people i want it raw uncut and i want honest opinions this is their first time at the table so i'm gonna try to be nice Oh. <laughs> <laughs> try to be nice to them and not bombard them a little too much but with further ado we're gonna go to a familiar passage tonight um jeremiah 29 and 11 for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope in a future and i feel like that is probably one of the most quoted scriptures ever in life like it's on all your handbags it's on your bible it's probably somewhere on your spin dial on your computer screen whatever but that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit about tonight about um the plans that god has for us and whether those plans were actually in our plans <laughs> and how did we arrive at accepting that what challenges do we face and then as our previous podcast from our battlefield series in december um fantasy versus reality we're gonna hit a little bit about that as well so let's kick it off so your plans versus god's plans <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I'll I'll first start and you guys can um answer separately but um how did you know that you were called? What was that moment that was like um I hear what you're saying from like no, I know and it, it, I need I have to do this. I know I'm called to do this. What was that like? What was that experience like? So for me personally, this is Claire. Um, for me personally, I was in a church service and um, I mean, I had been having, I guess, the Lord speak to me, which I didn't really know if it was him or not. And so at this moment, the Lord had told me to go ahead and speak to this person. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And so this person walks over after a couple of minutes of me telling the Lord no and says, begins to give the person the word and then turns to me and says and I know you were supposed to do that Ooh, <laughs> shameful shameful 
so I think in that moment, like I knew that I knew, but it still took growth. And so like the next, I don't want to say the next time, but I know like how the Lord did it for me is like when I knew like, okay, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I would lose sleep. Mm. So if I didn't go and do what I was supposed to do, my sleep would be taken. So I would be up all hours of the night and I would just like my stomach would constantly turn and yeah. And so the next time I would be at church or wherever I was, I would make sure that I did what I was supposed to do and I would have sleep again. (laughs) (laughs) Does that still happen? I don't want to say that it happens like that, but I almost feel like sick to my stomach in a sense. If you don't release the word? if I don't say what I'm supposed to. Or I'll know that the presence of the Lord or something is going to get heavy um, that day. If we're referring to church, I'll know that it's going to get heavy. Whether it's going to be deliverance or something that's going to break out, I'll know because my stomach will start to stir. And this might be TMI, but this is real talk with Bree. So yeah, come on. <laughs> I'll try to go and use the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> and sit out on the toilet and nothing comes out by ear. So. <laughs> Like, oh, it's uh, like, see, oh, for me, it smells like if I get into a room where I know the spirit is going to be heavy, like I can literally smell you. And that bothered me. I'd be like so nauseous, like, <laughs> like I would be walking like people don't know this. Like when I start circling in church, it's not because I'm just trying to be deep. It's because I can smell you and I'm trying to get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is so strong, especially when you're in places like where you may not feel confident to do anything about it or talk about it or just walk up to them and be like, look, you're dealing with the spirit of this. Can we take care of it so we both can breathe? Yeah. You know, and it just, it, it's bad. It's bad. I, I mean, I guess it works for different people in different ways. But for me, it's a scent like I can smell you and it does not move until that spirit is that situation is either broken or that spirit is expelled. And I've even seen it during deliverance, like people be on the floor and they'll be like pumping stomachs and stuff like that. And then somebody will expel gas or throw up or or whatever. But it's a it's a release of a spirit. So. It's a real thing. I just don't understand why I got to be the one that smells it. Well, <laughs> let it be you because my stomach is weak. I can't, I can't do the smells. I'm real sensitive. Um, but I see. I'll see the spirit on you. Mm-hmm. Or God will just cause my eyes to gravitate to you. And I'll, I'll sense that there's something wrong there. Or he'll even show me, watch, this is about to happen. And so when I, when he started doing that with me and I started seeing, I started paying more attention to what he was trying to show me so that I could position myself to pray properly. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's how I operate when I start seeing stuff that's getting heavy or, or he'll, he'll flat out just tell me this is about to happen. And I'm like, huh? And then five, four, three, two, one, boom. There it is. And right. it's like, oh, oh, okay. That's what you were saying, Lord. Um, but as far as like me knowing that I was called, I didn't really ever get along with people per se growing up. I, I guess I was always like the lonely child. Set apart. The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, only child. I wasn't lonely. Let me be clear. I was the only child. Um, so I was very used to playing by myself and 
things of that nature and I may have like one or two friends or something like that but what I noticed was and this is something I picked up on as I grew older it was that I always dreamed and everything Mm. that I would dream would come to pass and so finally one day my mom asked me she was like well how long have you known that I was like well I seen that in a dream a long time ago and she was like so you dream I was like uh yeah you Come don't dream. Dreamers. I was like, you don't dream. <laughs> I was shocked when I found out people didn't dream in color and, and fly and do all this other stuff. And they dream. I'm like, what? <laughs> they was like, yeah, you're weird. You do that by yourself. Um, but really, my mom taught me, you know, when I didn't know things or, you know, I wanted to know something to go to take it to God in prayer. So right. I've always been a prayer. And when I learned how to speak in tongues, I started taking my stuff to God in prayer in tongues. Right. Because you know, I was like, I don't want my mom ear hustling in the other room <laughs> hearing what I'm saying. So let's just take this up in the spirit. We're going to say it in tongues. <laughs> and I know you know what I'm saying, yeah. guys. Um, but when I finally got into reading my word, it's funny you brought the scripture out of Jeremiah. The scripture that God gave me about me was Jeremiah 1 and 5. You know, and it says, I'll read it to you. It says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So when he told me that, I was like, you knew me before I was born, Jesus? I just didn't know how to operate in the calling that he had on my life. So Mm. he had to put people in place to help cultivate the gift and to bring me into you know, the the current state that I'm in now. Right. That brings up a good point. So my question was, you know, what was that defining moment? But what was life like before that moment? Because all of us have a semi-church background, you know, no matter if you were raised in church. And let's be real, when we all started going to church, we wasn't fully sold out at the time. (laughs) I went through the motions of church. (laughs) Right, right. So what what was that? I mean, in fact, let's just go here. Let's go here. So major turnoffs about being in your prophetic callings or being in your gift or being up ministry being up in ministry what what made you not want to do it wait okay (laughs) so we got to clarify are we referring to the specific call of the prophetic are we are we referring to like seeing other people do certain different things that would have been a turnoff for us so i'm saying go two ways (laughs) Well, you you go whichever way you feel led to go. But I, what I'm saying is like operating in the prophetic. What turns you like if your gift, um, if your gift is operating in the prophetic or being a prophet or being a seer, because both of you are prophets. I'm a seer. Um, I do have the ability to prophesy when God gives me gives me that word. But like what turn what made you be like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Uh uh-uh. uh. I've seen it. Mm, no, 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 no. I'm good. You can hold that. I'm going to do this over here. I'm Or I'm fine just being a singer. Or I'm fine being cute in the pew. Or I'm 
fine with just doing, you know, being an usher or a greeter, but I don't want to do this side. I don't want to do deliverance. I don't want to do, I don't want to prophesy. I don't want, I, I don't want to walk up on people and say what thus says the Lord. I'd rather you just tell me or not tell me and it stay with me. So for me, as y'all know, with me dreaming, I've seen myself up before crowds. And when I say crowds, I'm talking about stadiums of people. Anybody that knows me, I don't do crowds. I don't do a bunch of people. I don't like a bunch of people. Really? Mm-mm. No, no. I, I, am I a good public speaker? Yes. But it's because I know how to do it. But I don't like to get up in front of a lot of people. Um, and in, in my dreams, I've literally <clears throat> encountered witches. And there's been mm. times where I, I've literally been doing deliverance in a dream and I've watched the witch practically deplete and then someone enter into a room and that witch swell back up. And I was like, you know what? Nope. I don't want no part of this. Nope. I don't want to see this. And when I started seeing those things in my dreams, I shut down and I told God, I'm not ready. I don't want to see this. And he stopped because he knew I wasn't ready to do it. Now, am I in that same state? That's some grace because he ain't <laughs> nope. never gave me that. But he knew because he Woo! knew how far it would push me to the other end of the spectrum. Got you. You know, I would have went complete wild child like, oh, no. But because of the calling and the, the, the dominion that he's given me, now let a witch walk up on me. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead and be we, bold, dear. We 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 not doing that today. That's that's what we're not gonna do. I'll look at you, cast you and your mama and your bloodline, because we not we not gonna play that. So today, but it took some growth for me to get there to realize the what the word of God says, and because I know the word of God now, I can speak the word. And yeah. guess what? What is it going to do? It's going to go out and it's going to accomplish it. Why? Because my belief is backing it. Right. Now, if I had some unbelief there, that word might sizzle down like a balloon. (laughs) Deflating. (laughs) Right. But because I've got the belief backing it, I know for sure. When I speak it, it's going out. He showed me too many times what I spoke has come to pass. Right. He's called, I've literally seen heaven align up with what I spoke. And it's not because of I spoke it, but it's because of my lifestyle. I'm not, I'm not out here being wishy-washy. I'm not out here straddling the fence like I'm wholeheartedly all in. I'm wholeheartedly on fire for God and pray to God every day. God consume me with your all consuming fire. Right. You said some key points there. You said that uh, one, it's not what you spoke, but essentially it is because God says that he's going to honor the things that we speak to him in prayer. But not only that, but he already tells us that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. That means our words have power when we send them out. If they line up with the word of God, right. they are going to manifest that you sow, whether you're sowing seeds of discord or you're sowing seeds um, to bear fruit. Uh, it's something going to happen. There's right. going to be some kind of repercussion of what it is that you said and or did or whatever. True. Thanks. True. So for me, I would say that I'm probably the most unchurched. <laughs> 
Between the two of them, they were like born and raised. I that was not me. So that's how I was. <laughs> I was not born. But and I had my fun, I had my fun time. Don't <laughs> we all did. I'm not saying like that, but I'm just two, saying two. like if yeah. church started at eleven, we got there at like twelve thirty. So. <laughs> I was not really part of the church. But crew. she made it. <laughs> so. Y'all was the crew that was walking in talking about better late than never. <laughs> So that was us. And so I think for me, what the big turnoff was um, for the call, it was that I seen people. And at this time, I did not know I was called. So I would just see and hear um, people attempting, I'll say attempting to prophesy because I don't feel like they were really prophesying now that I know (laughs) what I know. So I would hear people say, Turn around, jump up and down. God's gonna work it out. Come on, turn, 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 and people will be in the I'm service. Turning. <laughs> I'm turning. So people will be in service and they will be turning, and I'm like, okay, now God still ain't worked it out, and it's not that He's not capable. <laughs> I just don't think that, and I'm not saying that is that the Lord doesn't give um what is it, what do we call that prophetic um. Oh, motion gestures and those yes, things. Yes, but in that moment, Lord it was does, gimmicks. <laughs> it was people playing on the intelligence intelligence of people, and that's what I would say. And so, yeah. when I was exposed to the true and the authentic prophetic, it was like, oh my goodness, these people are going around giving out words. And I'm like, <laughs> please don't come over here. And I was like, <laughs> and I well, squeeze my eyes tight. Church. Yes. Y'all come over here. I'm squeezing my eyes, and you know, you pop that one eye open and be like, oh, Lord, is they coming? Is they coming? As they see them inching over <laughs> from the line. <laughs> and so, and it was so funny because the same person that told me that I needed to, um, that, that, that I had a word for them and I should have released the word to the person came over to me and was like, Yeah, I seen you been running from me. And I'm like, <laughs> dealing with here now that was the first time that i encountered that person but then that second time i was like oh my goodness please leave me alone because i don't know what the heck is going on and this is weird to me and so (laughs) i that made me not want to answer it because me seeing like how people played on people and again at that time i didn't know i just thought it was weird now i have more um terminology and more understanding to what takes place, but still, the stuff that I saw before, some of that was fake. And I'm not saying that the Lord did not speak to some of them, but the ones that were prophesying at the time, the ones that I saw, it was not because I didn't feel like the Lord was saying, turn around, jump up and down. But we deal, we're dealing with either. the whole generation who's like that, that's so turned off by the church just based on some of the things that they witnessed. So it's just a true statement all around. I'm not saying that every person is that way in the, in, don't be confused. That's not at all what we're saying, but we are saying that there, it is real still. There are still people who are out there who are um, are about how big that offering is or how many people part. they can get to flock to their church or the followers. If I have enough themes and stuff every Sunday, then I'm going to draw this type of audience. And, you know, if God has gifted, uh, gifted you to be creative, to be able to use that to draw certain people, then by all means, you should do that. But we're saying there are other people who also prostitute that or or co- or carbon copy those things to draw people. And it's not for the glory of God, but for the glory of themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, I say that to say <laughs> to bring me to my next 
<laughs> my next thing of when and I want to say this right but I'm not going to it's just going to come out the way it comes out so for me um when I fell it was very public mm-hmm. and that's fine y'all they sitting here eating buffalo chicken and my nose is like wide open okay <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm back. But um, they know I can't even eat this stuff, and they they just so rude to me. Um, we love you though. Uh huh. So <clears throat> I believe that when God gives you gifts and callings, um, and He anoints you, that He also qualifies you. Fast. But what happens? When God qualifies you, but man doesn't want to, or man doesn't want to recognize or give you the platform to be who God says that you are. This is how I'm going to back this up. First Samuel 16 and 7 says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man sees on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So if you have a willing heart and God has been, has both anointed and qualified and called you to do something, but man sees you as the they see you for your shame they should they see you for what you did or what you didn't do and they hold that basically as a chokehold against you how do you and I know both of you have dealt with that so how did you move beyond that to get where you are what how did you press forward through that struggle through that confrontation so I can't say that any particular leader that I've sat under have used my my downfall against me. It doesn't have to be a leader. It could be friends, family. Right, right, right. I don't think any any even my family has never used you know my downfalls against me. They've always told me you're not the first person nor the last person to go through this. But what I can answer to is the elevation portion of it. You know, there I've I've literally been with people that have used me for my gift, but never gave the platform. And maybe God didn't tell them to. And I can put that out there honest and clearly to say, hey, I see your gifting. I've been using you in this area. Let me help by, you know, putting you up or even, you know, offering to do this. Um Every time a leader would get to the point where they wanted to um, ordain me, God would move me. And for the longest time, I'd never really understood why he would move me. But he told me, he says, promotion comes by me. He says, so I'm not going to let anybody else take the credit for you of what I'm doing in you. And so I just left it at that. And so the, you know, the places I would go, I would serve. But it literally took somebody from a whole nother state, never even seeing me in in physical form. But I believe had the heart of God and seeing me in the realm of the spirit and connected with me in the realm of the spirit to finally bring me into the ordination process that man looks for. You know, but like I said, the scripture that God gave me, I was ordained before the foundations of the world. So I've carried this ordination, but I just didn't have the paperwork, we'll say, to back it up. And so that was difficult because I didn't understand why I could be used in certain areas. But then when it came time 
to be pushed out or to be called to excel, they they just didn't get behind me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't think, for me personally, I don't think that I had someone try to use... Well, yeah. I, I haven't dealt with a lot of someone using my past because I'm a person, if I'm in, I'm in, and if I'm out, I'm out. So... If I'm at church, I pretty much try to do what I'm supposed to do. But if I'm out of church, then I'm not. And um, there have been a few times that I would say that I went into a backslidden state, as the church would call it, um, or did not attend church, and I did what I wanted to do. And and I was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just, I mean, that's what it was. And But it's like, if I'm in church, then I'm in church. And if I'm out, then I'm out. And so for me, I don't think, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty private person anyway. So what I do is what I do. Um, and not saying that I don't live a life, you know, that portrays to be, you know, of Christ-like, but just saying that even when I was no longer in the church, which I'm in church now, but even when I was no longer in the church at the time that I was not, I was private, so I'm not one of those people that's going to post or make a video of what I'm doing and show the world. Mm. So, um, one of the biggest things that the Lord had told me and me knowing that even in the state that I was in, that I was still called um, to never be a hindrance to my witness. And so, with that, mm. I think that allowed me to continue to try to have good character, even though I was in a backslidden state. Mm -hmm. Because... Um, even though I was in a backslidden state, the Lord's word still came forth. And that's the hardest thing because it's like, uh, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm just, I'm referring to me because I told, this is things that I told the Lord. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with your church. I don't want anything to do with your church people. Right. And for me, it was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. But then in moments that I would experience being drunk and those things, the stuff would still come out. And so. Yeah, it will. <laughs> She's a witness. You ain't never gonna live that down. I so, promise. Uh, that, for me, I don't think that I ever gave leaders the opportunity. Now, they could speculate about certain different things, um, spectate about certain different things, and how they think um, or think, how they think towards me or things that they thought about me. But it, again, if you never came and you never asked, then you probably never knew. And I chose to share testimony about me with different specific people. Um, and I did have one leader that tried to use, per se, what they knew um, about me and try to take that and try to, in a sense, ruin me. Um, not to other people, but to me personally. Because they knew that that was a, what did I say, a touchy subject for me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. That, that's what I have. So that's the only... I've only had one leader that has tried to use, I guess, my past against me. So I wouldn't even say for me that it was necessarily just leadership. But for me, it's been... Sometimes it was somebody that I was close to who didn't want me to excel past them. Mm. Or um, sometimes it was family who felt like 
others should be exalted over or um, wanted them to be better at a thing um, than I was, but God showed favor and anointed me to do it. Um, and sometimes it was in the church where um, situation um, would happen and it was, oh, well, we're, we're, she, it doesn't matter if she's anointed or she's gifted or she's called um, because she comes attached with this, or this situation or, or because, um, her name is soiled or whatever, but I, my Bible says that God re, renamed many of folks, yeah. but, but, um, it was a challenge because I sat for many, many a years waiting for things to die down, carrying so much word in my belly, literally listening to God speak to me in my ear and then watching it happen. And he's, and him telling me, I told you to say that, but since you didn't, I'll raise up. I never yeah. tell people that if you if you won't move in your gift, don't ever think that, that God won't raise somebody else up to do it oh, because he, he will. absolutely will. And I, I had to sit there, but he made me sit there and watch it because this was the cost of your disobedience. Yeah. And so for me, I had to... I had to I had to become humble again. I had to sit. I had oh see, look at you messing up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to sit there and watch that and mature into a spiritual place where both of y'all phones going off. That was y'all see how they be on my lives just messing up. That anyway. <laughs> but sometimes I want y'all to get an understanding that it doesn't always have to be your past. Sometimes it may be your appearance. Yeah. You don't look the way they want you to look. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to put you at the front or you don't you don't have the sound that they want. So you're you're good enough for Sunday night when there's only 10 people versus Sunday morning when there's 100 people or you don't um you don't do a thing just how you don't sing the song like sister so and so sing it. So we're not going to use you. And I want people to get shift out of that that God sees the inward. Mm -hmm. He sees your heart and the spirit that you do it in. Yeah. He's not worried about your appearance and what it looks like to them. Did you do what I said do? Did you do it in the spirit that I told you to do it in? And um, that's important mm -hmm. in understanding the plan mm -hmm. that God has for you. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll disqualify. It's not even that they disqualify us. We'll disqualify ourselves based on Absolutely. insecurities <laughs> and other things. Well, I can't do that because I can't, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I said. Yeah. Period. Okay, <laughs> just put a period. I said it. Period. Whatever you got to say, whatever your rebuttal is, I said, period. There's nothing left. There's nothing left for you to say. <laughs> so, I think we have to understand, too, the, the passage, the, the time that, that that statement was made, the people were in captivity. They sure were. <laughs> and so how many of us have been held captive to sin? How many of us have been held, you know in bondage and gotten this word and no we may not be where God has showed us to be as of yet but he gave us that message as a message of hope yeah he gave <clears throat> us that message of a message of I haven't left you 
He gave us that message to say, I'm still here right here with you. Even in your captivity, because of your disobedience, I'm going to stick this out with you. And that, I think we have to understand, too, that that's how good Father is. And I think people <clears throat> that use our mistakes, use things of our past to try to harm us or to hinder us from growing, have to understand that God is still with us. Yeah. He's still there. My Bible says if you make your bed in hell, guess what? I'm still there. That part. And what, <clears throat> just to piggyback, what I've come to realize, um, and this is just me by paying attention to people because the Lord allows me to see um, when people are still struggling with spirits too and to be able to, um, what's the word? Starts with the D. Deliverance? No. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to discern, discern. Oh. Um, the spirits and things of that nature. Sorry, y'all. Words is all over. Um, this the to be able to discern um, spirits and things of that nature. What I've noticed is is that typically the most judgmental people are people that are still in sin. Mm-hmm. And I think that they try to cast it off on you. So it's looking like they're upholding some righteous whatever they're yeah and i've just come to realize that typically those people that find that speck in their brother or their sister's eye <laughs> are dealing with sin themselves the, the, same, the same sin Th- that's they're, they're usually dealing with the same one yeah and be, them be the ones that can't cast nothing out <laughs> <laughs> true story and that's another thing that that's a whole nother conversation but the ones that are like if you see this and you see all these different things. If we're being Christ-like, then you would come and you would address your brother and sister or walk them through through deliverance. Well, that's a whole other conversation because people don't even do deliverance, really, to be honest. So. Except for we do. Well, <laughs> that we do. Well, well, okay. So, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. And often it feels like we getting beat up. (laughs) And I be waiting on the prosper because I feel like that that word came first. So shouldn't I be prospering and I feel beat up. Okay. So Jesus, I'm trying to understand why things are happening the way that they are. If you, it's not to harm me, okay? No weapon. Where that at? Where the, where, where the standard, okay? You said you lift up a standard, right? I don't understand why we having these conversations, why we beefing, why people got problems and issues. So here's what I've learned in, in all my getting to get an understanding. So even what is hurting me is still edifying me. And what I'm saying by that is, is the scripture tells us that I reckon that this present suffering is not the, to the be current compared. situation. Come on. Yeah, I out. get it. It's not, not to, to be, be compared, compared to the glory. glory. But guess what? Or to what he went through. But this, but look now. <laughs> Listen, there's pain in the glory. Okay, but I'm not, that's the, that's the whole point. Like, we're trying to prosper while, and it's not supposed to harm me. So why I feel harmed? Why I feel like because this, it's the stuff he's pulling why out I feel of like you. There's a cut on my arm. <laughs> he's doing surgery. I can't see it, but I feel it. I feel it. No, 
Because there are times where, and, and I said this, I just said this this past weekend. I was just like, you know, we want the glory, but we, we don't always understand that sometimes that comes with great sacrifice. There, there's a crushing. I say even the rarest of diamonds must be cut and pruned and burned and all of that. And Pressure. so we, we, keep, we keep saying, oh, Jesus, Moses, hold up. No, no, no. Hold the heck nope. on. <laughs> What you got to do to mold me first? I need I need a full list of what you're going to do first before I say yes. I need to see the contract before I sign on the dotted line. And that's why he don't give it to us. The whole thing is just step by step and follow this instruction and we can move to the next Because phase. we be happening to follow blindly. <laughs> that's called walk by faith and I not by sight. I don't want to be blind right now, Okay. <laughs> I want to know what's coming. If I'm a seer, I want to see it. <laughs> Period. I think I what gets me is it. seeing for other people. And then when you got to see, you for, don't yourself, see for yourself, it's like, yeah. oh, what are you doing? Jesus, I can't see. Let's, can't be re- see. let's be realistic. When we get up and we all, you know, preach and stuff. But reality is sometimes you, you be like, hold on, Lord, now. It's wait, definitely a faith walk. Wait, sure. wait. I, I mean, I could pull out scriptures all day, but realistically, when pressure come or or it come knocking at my door, my first reaction isn't to quote numbers <laughs> ten and ten. <laughs> it's it's not. I'm gonna feel the real pressure of it. I'm gonna feel the hurt. I'm gonna feel yeah. the burden. I'm gonna feel those things. And I think we need to be real with our with people that we feel exactly as Absolutely. you feel. And this once again, after you felt all your little feelings. Now this is how we move in action. We move in faith. We move in trusting the Lord. We move in prayer. We move in whatever it is that we need to do to get through that situation. God never said that we wouldn't be in the valley. He said he'd carry us through the the valley. He said that he'd be the light of our footpath. So with that being said, that doesn't mean that you're exempt from feeling what you feel. Absolutely it doesn't not. mean that you're exempt from hurt or anything else. No, just because you're saved now does not mean that you're not going to have any trials or tribulations. And that's just a cute way of saying, baby, you're going to feel some pain. Okay. Yeah. Some people going to hurt your feelings. You're going to go through situations. Sometimes you may not have no money in your pocket. Sometimes your kids going to act crazy. Yeah. Husband act crazy or wife act crazy. Your job may let you go and you don't know and you ain't did nothing. It does not matter. You are not exempt just because you have come into kingdom, but how you deal with it versus the way the world deals with yeah. it should oh, be different yeah it should be different and i feel like a lot of that is the shifting of the perspective mm-hmm. of what um you're dealing with and so um for me how i shifted because um these two know that my whole theme even of last year was suffer well and baby. i had I'm to gonna allow the lord this baby <laughs> Listen, I was going to have a scripture well need to be on there. <laughs> so I, I, allowed, I had to literally go through things that I was like, what the heck is this? Like, for one, I know some of us disqualify um, ourselves because we're like, okay, I'm too young to deal with this. I'm too young for this. I'm waiting till I get older. You know, Papa yeah. answered the call when he was 30. So I'm answering the call when I'm 30. And it's like, we don't have time. The time is ticking. And yeah, really, we don't even know how long Papa been running from the call. Yeah, so <laughs> and got it. snatched into submission. <laughs> okay, yes. but what bullet missed you to get you to answer this call? <laughs> right, I ain't trying to be there for no. that. But it's all about changing the perspective, and so with that understanding, um, 
and I had said, I think a couple years back, like, I think the Lord had allowed me to lead into um, saying, like, make me a Job servant. And with that, it was like, okay, what did I really just say? I was about to say, <laughs> did you know what you was asking for when no, you said that? No, I did not. Because so, I'm going to need Job to be the furthest <laughs> from my, no. Yeah. I know, but it's like, I, I mean. Mm. So that message really hit home for you then. Definitely. <laughs> And the perspective of it changing from me thinking like, oh, I'm just going through, I'm going through, I'm going through. The perspective change as counted as an honor that you're going through. Yeah. And so that was the, the perspective change for me versus thinking like, oh, I'm just dealing with this. And then thinking, y'all, like if we think about, I always try to take uh, something that happens in the natural and related to spiritual. So if we think about things that we want, we have to pay for them. Yeah, absolutely. You sure do. When you buy a house, you're paying for it. When you, you go um, to do food, I mean, when you go and order food, you're paying for that. And how do you pay for it? You're working yep. towards it. So guess what? If if that means that you're going to have to work and you're going to have to pay for where God is trying to take you, absolutely. then that's what it is. So it's absolutely. all about changing the perspective of how you see things. Facts. Facts. Yeesh. You are exactly right. I think for my, for me, my perspective shifted when I started asking the Lord for the mind of Christ. Like I wanted to have his mind. I wanted to know yeah. how did he see the situation. And so he let me have my little tantrums. I'm not going to lie to you because I had <laughs> <That's> a few. <you. laughs> I had a few. I'm real. You know, let's, let's, let's be transparent and call it what it is. I did. I had my few little tantrums and I was like, God, I don't understand and why and da 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 <laughs> But then he had to quickly shut my mouth. Yeah. And I was like, mm? and then when I postured myself in getting low and when I postured myself <laughs> in prayer and I postured myself in saying, God, what is the kingdom principle to this so that I know how to respond accordingly? When I got into that posture, then I started hearing. And when I would hear, that was what I had to come into agreement with. Yeah. And so even when my physical eyes were seeing something different and my my flesh would want to come out of cruci- uh, being crucified and would want to raise up, I still had to keep it under subjection. And I'm thankful that God gave me such an awesome team that there's days that I was like, I ain't going to make it, Jesus. This isn't working. I'm about to give up. Let me just figure it out for myself. Yeah. God would, you know, give a word to Claire. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, good morning. <laughs> like, Ooh. like, uh, yeah. Good morning, sir. What's going on? I called to pray with you. I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is what you do? But it was because I was getting to the point where I needed some, I needed more. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't need, you know, I wasn't listening to God, but I just needed a confirmation. I just needed reassurance. I just needed to know that I had backup. Yeah. And it's not that God is not my backup, but just knowing that guess what I've connected you guys so well in the spirit that you don't even have to say nothing and I'll drop it to him and he picked it up two, and like three gathered <laughs> uh so let's pray uh by the way let me go ahead and deliver this word and you're like I'm like er, <laughs> burr, 
And I'm like, yes, Lord. Okay, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Because I know you just said it to me. So for the fact that you just said it to me tells me that my brothers and my sisters are on the same wavelength. And and he's done the same with Bree. I'll be like, hey, girl. She'd be like, up. I'm like, yeah, just, you know, just doing check-ins. But that's what we have to do for one another yeah. because we feel like, and the enemy will use that tactic of making you feel like you're, you're secluded. Yeah. You're, you're all in this by yourself. And then he'll want to get in your mind and be like, did he really say that? Or was it just you? But what, where does that stem from? And that's something that I teach on too. This, I think that the thought of we're in it alone is because what we see is is that Christians come into the kingdom and they get silent. And what yeah. do they get silent about? They get silent about what they're what they're dealing with because they don't want anyone to be judgmental. And the biggest thing of what the Lord told me was, and this was a while ago too, is he said, Why do we have so many suicides? Mm. He asked me. Kingdom suicides. Yes. Mm-hmm. That why do we have people that are my sons and daughters, people that profess and proclaim to be my sons and daughters, people that are saved, people, why do we have the suicide? We have suicides because there's no hope. And we have no hope because Christians come into the fold or come into the kingdom and no longer want to reveal or be transparent about things that they struggle with. We have pastors, we have leaders, we have teachers, apostles, prophets, all these different things struggling in sexual sin. We have them struggling mentally, all these different things, but there's no hope for the people because no one's telling them, this is the blueprint. This is how I made it out. This may not work for you. However, this is how I dealt with this spirit. Mm -hmm. Because people think, once I come into the kingdom, everything's okay. And Bree just said that too. No. The same struggles that you had in your flesh before the kingdom of God, you're going to have in your flesh after the kingdom I of God. I feel like they're even magnified too. Absolutely. Once you come in. If if it if you're if there's a deficit of the spirit in that area, oh, it's definitely magnified. But when you start allowing the, the spirit to expand in you It's what you feed it. Yeah. That part. Yeah. When it when when it expands, then it's not as magnified. But let's be realistic. Let's take it to Job. Job was in the kingdom. Yeah. He was and doing do that round. Not, nothing. <laughs> there ain't no hope for the rest of us. But but here's, yeah. but here's the thing, though. He didn't do nothing wrong, but his, he was making atonement for his children. Yeah. And he did that in in the hopes of in case they did. But guess what? His children were taken before an atonement could ever be made for them. And he had to he had to deal with that suffering to the point where he did feel like, what did I do? Yeah. God, what what did I do? Yes, because Jesus was not sitting next to him explaining that him and Satan had had a conversation. Oh, no, no, no. He was sitting up there real quiet. He was not just being like, hey, what's up, Job? Today. Just wanted to let you know these the things are going to happen. Don't worry. I mean, I'm going to give it all back to you, but I just wanted to let you know. Um, I kind of said that, you know, I was. Have you considered, you know? And so, just be prepared. I mean, <laughs> I didn't did know that. the hedge, by the if way. If I was Job, I would about. be like, I have literally done everything you've asked me to do. Hmm. How is it that everything you've blessed me with yeah. is gone? Mm-hmm. But the key was staying in that, po- that same posture. I would have been in the dirt, okay? He was. He was. Like, that close. 
as he was. I would have been in the dirt. But when his wife came, I would have been like, yeah, you're right. That is a misconception because what people, people always say, oh, he lost everything, but he, he did. God never took his wife. And you'll often see that, that uh, well, I'll, I'm not even going to go there tonight, but he never took his wife. Never. Yeah. She the one told him to curse the Lord and die. Yeah. You might as well do it because <laughs> Just do we it. ain't got nothing else to live for. Mm-mm. But no, she was still she was she witnessed it all too. And so I almost wonder like how she felt when the recovery came. Huh? I ain't never thought about that. That's it. Because your faith was gone, boo boo. Yeah, all the way. But you, you know what? Though, even you in like marriages. My- somebody's got to uphold the faith there's there's times literally (laughs) in situations where my faith is low and i'll say something to my husband and he'll call me out he'll be like where's your faith and i'm like i don't be appreciative in those moments i don't either but why you can't just agree with me we're supposed to be walking we're supposed to be walking together agree with me (laughs) like like, i have my damn moments but they be right they, they right. do. They do. Go ahead. That's crazy. That I mean, that is really something different to look at. Like, yeah. But then, yeah. it's like I need that scroll. <laughs> Give me that scroll. <laughs> what did she really get caught up on, though? If we think about it, it was all materialistic things. Yeah. Who was the? I think it was the prophet in the Bible that was like eating his own poop and doing. Honey, stuff. are you talking about? The, are you talking crazy? About, uh, um, Elijah eating the locusts. Wasn't him? No, mm. it was something. It's not Habakkuk. Ezekiel? Maybe. Ezekiel no, whoever said it was crazy. I don't know, y'all. I, I gotta look this one up. Somebody I, was I don't, want, I don't know. Look if somebody was, right now and then poop. open the Bible app and start to look at it. They Google it. They Google it. Which person in the Bible was eating poop? And he was just doing crazy stuff. And so it's like. I mean, are well, John, we really? It was John the Baptist. That's what it was that was eating locusts. But his diet was just all the way different. Is. But first of all, locusts drive me crazy mm-hmm. when they get to buzzing and stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't think that would be that was it either. But I'm just thinking, like, are we as radical? Are we as obedient? Come on. As we say that we are, like when we be like, oh, obedience is better than sacrifice, and all this stuff, and it's like, no, y'all this don't obedience want the... is um definitely defined by uh, the blueprint. Of y'all what's don't want either. either. Obedience, you don't want to sacrifice, and you not obedient. So shut up. That's what I'll be saying. All right, so it says First Peter and five. No, I'm not going to First Peter and five. I'm going to First Peter and six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Okay, be alert and of sober mind. I'm gonna say that again. Be alert and of sober mind, right? You mean I can't just have like no, a drink of alcohol? I mean, that's I'm not still sober. That's not my business. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's not my business. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm saying sober mind in all of the sense, not just yeah. not just talking about being an alcoholic or drink. I'm talking about the things that you daily filter your mind with. Yeah, man. Purify your mind. 
you know, dwell on things. Oh, 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 let me, let me, let me flip over to Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known Girl, to God. And the peace prayer. of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and yeah. mind yeah. through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report if there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy meditate on these things so let me flip back be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour so don't be gullible okay resist him Standing firm in your faith. I think yeah. they have both said that tonight. Be firm in your faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And that's what we just yeah. said. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a while, yeah. baby, will himself restore you and make you strong look i'll be good for finding the scriptures y'all and <laughs> make you strong and firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever amen amen what say yes. ye what say ye what is Lord. that to say what is that to say after that i guess i'll keep on suffering a little while longer. i don't too, but I'm gonna do it <laughs> because it pleases you. Yeah. That, that, that's it. He said it please it pleased God to bruise, to bruise Jesus. Jesus. Wow, that's what it, it pleased Him to do so. Hmm. That's why I, I wanted. I tried to get my child to understand that. I said it please. She's like, you look like you be enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it pleases me. <laughs> it's definitely satisfying for the moment. I don't, I don't, you know, don't you know, I don't bruise you, but if it pleases the Lord, <laughs> <laughs> then I gotta do it. But oh, that's just, shit. that goes to say, um, that sometimes it does please the Lord yeah, for you to suffer. That's good. It pleases him. Why? Because then he gets the glory when you come out of it. Yeah. Everything that happens to you is is not by coincidence. It's not because the enemy is so after you. Sometimes it's the father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's doing it because he has to do it in order to get something else out of you. Yep. Sometimes we're so stubborn that we won't shift unless he causes a situation happen to make <laughs> mm -hmm. us shift. And sometimes it's just even like we started off by talking about your different gifts and your different callings. Sometimes he will cause situations to happen in order to get you back in line, to get you back in alignment with where he needs you to be. So you may be headed left, but he may cause your, your tire to blow out or a gun to be a, your portion or, or um, alcohol or drugs to overtake you or whatever the situation is, a child out of wedlock, whatever it is that he has orchestrated to be in your path that is then going to turn you around and align you with his will that goes back to for i know the plan yeah that i have for you you still thought this was your plan because you was doing what you wanted <laughs> but it was still my plan 
this was still all part of my plan. Yes, I gave you free will, but it's still a part of my plan yeah. for your purpose, for your destiny, for what I've called you to be. You still gonna do it. You may not be, you know, I may have to uh, pull you a little bit. I give you a little rope. I yeah. let you do what you gonna do for a little bit. That's cute. Go ahead and do it. I'm gonna give you some grace and mercy as you do it. Yeah. But it's still all <clears throat> according to my plan. That's good. You said you wanted to know the scroll of Job's wife. Mm-hmm. So this is the download that I'm getting. Oh, here she go, y'all. <laughs> Even though I'ma sip my water. <laughs> Even though Job was the one that we read about the physical suffering, he was still the example for the wife. He was still showing her how to honor God. Um what what I see, and this is just from my perspective of seeing it, is Sometimes spouses are casualties of war. Babe, when, when, when the other one is not shifting into the right season or into the right spot. And unfortunately, that casualty hurts because we're the one taking it, but we're also the one that's on the front line of it. Yeah. Job was on the front line of it. And I believe <clears throat> in this download that, that God is showing me that it, it shifted her 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 perspective like you said it's all about perspective i believe it shifted her perspective and so when they did get the double portion i believe she treated the double portion different than how she treated the first and it's not that she wasn't appreciative of the first but she definitely handled it with more care yeah mm-hmm. because of the suffering that was behind it. So oftentimes spouses become casualties of war because it's also making the other person come into alignment with God's word. You see, you one person can't be in alignment and the other person not be in alignment if that house is a house of God. Yeah. You see, and, and I know that if you got a praying spouse in there, guess what? That house is a house of God. Yeah. So, unfortunately, he was... A casualty. He he was offered up, but I I know God knew his heart. He knew that he wasn't gonna shift for that, and she had to go through that and see the example of it physically. See, there go Eve again trying to sway the men. <laughs> Don't you dare! Don't you, you try it? You rebuked. You rebuked for that one. It reminded me of Hannah. And I keep I keep going back. I think because of some of the things, and I'll, I'll probably later share this on another podcast. But um, she was so desperate. Oh, um, super! And how desperate would Job? Since we keep talking about Job, Job and his wife had to be. She just lost her children. She was a grieving mother. Um, not only that, how desperate they had to have been for. God to save them, rescue them out of that situation, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. The return didn't come until after. And when I look at that, I I also see Hannah, how desperate she was with a child, and even them asking her, because we, 
sometimes people mistake um, <clears throat> heaviness for depression and other that. Sometimes we're just desperate. I hate that when you go yeah. to the altar and they just be like, oh, it's this, 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 this. No, 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 no. I'm just desperate. Yeah. For God to move in my life and move in a way that only he can do it. And that's what she was when she got to the temple. She was like, I haven't. He he asked her, how long are you going to stay drunk? And she's like, I haven't drunk anything. I'm not. I'm not intoxicated at all. But I am bearing my soul to the mm-hmm. father. How many times have we been in the moments of desperation mm-hmm. for yes. God? Just flat out, just desperate. If you don't do it, it won't get done. Yeah. Only you. I, this is not something I can do by my own might, by my right. own power, by my own strength. I am literally open. I'm exposed. Yeah. I'm vulnerable. I. My mind is 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 a wreck. I, all right, yeah, I know that was a little weird how we left off just a minute, but I'm going to bring this to a close. Um, and my question that I posed was, how have you ever been desperate? And it doesn't have to be any certain thing, but that feeling where you were desperate for the Father. You were desperately in need you may have been desperate for him but what what that was like when you found yourself desperate and you knew only god could do it for you and furthermore did he do it he did or maybe he didn't and if he didn't how did that how did that affect you i know for me a god didn't moment so we celebrate the when he did it but when he doesn't do it and he says no yeah. that's not my will do we still give him the glory afterwards <laughs> see i just yeah because sometimes he says no absolutely sometimes he does say no but anyway i desperate had, anybody i've had desperate <laughs> moments um <laughs> let, let's be honest we we all are going to go through the valley and so one of my desperate moments was giving birth to my first child um i went into premature labor and that that it was to the point that i made it in by one day if i would have delivered the day before they would not have helped my child breathe and so You know, I was life watched to Wichita because I lived in Dodd City at the time. And I watched God in in my desperate state of saying, God, I don't know what else to do because I know what you promised me. You promised me this child. But from the day that I conceived, I told my mom I should call him Soldier Williams. Mm. I didn't know that what I was speaking was my child and I was going to have to fight for his existence. Mm. And so in my desperate state, he put me into a a state of seclusion, meaning I was bedridden. I literally could not leave the hospital for two whole weeks. And not only was I bedridden, but they put my bed in a, a, a position called Trendelenburg, which means my head was down and my feet were up to make gravity work for my body to keep the, the baby, the, the baby in. in. 
But in that place, I just kept saying, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I need you to give me a sign. And and he kept, he in that time of my life, I needed several signs. Several signs. And so when he came out, I thank the Lord that he, he wasn't too small. He came out weighing one pound, 13 ounces. And even in that state, I had to watch what I said because I, I was desperate. Yeah. I didn't want to lose my first child. I didn't want to, you know, have to be by his side and then not be able to come home with him. Yeah. And so I, I only thing I knew to do was to turn to the scriptures and I started just speaking the word back. But in that state of desperate, he answered. But there's been states of desperate that he didn't answer. When I thought I wanted the relationship to work and it didn't. Why? Because he had to show me it was out of the will of God. Yeah. And because it was out of the will of God, it was either the relationship or my life. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> well, God, when, when, you, when you put it to me that way, I, I choose my life. But I was desperate, and I did 10 years of desperateness mm-hmm. of saying, this is what I want, and trying to force my will in a place where it was not God's will. Yeah. Because I, I now I, I see, and I, well, this is my family, and I just want the, the family, and I want us to be together, and that wasn't God's will. And he had to pull me out of that, and then he had to heal me from it. He had to say, now let me go in and do some reconstruction to your heart. Let me go in and mend the parts that were broken by the things that you allowed to happen and the things that you willingly accepted. The things that you even stepped into on your own. And so I had to heal from that and allow God. And and there were some angry moments. But after I got past the angry moments, because that's how good father is. Mm Mm-hmm. Is he'll let us be angry, you know, that he, he is an understanding God. He'll let us be under, you know, angry. But when we're done or when he's done <laughs> yeah. with that, he'll happily correct us, then mend us. And he does it all out of a place of love. And so when you were talking about the passage that he'll give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, even in that correction, he'll allow the spirit of peace to come upon you. Yeah. And then he'll give you understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And when you have an understanding of it, all you can do is agree with it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll say, because Tiffany was talking about, you know, that desperate for her um, was like life or death. And I would say for me, it was the same instance because it was, okay, I had, again, this was in my back state that I had turned away from God and it was like, I want nothing to do with you. And so I think what the Lord did was allowed me to be turned over to my stuff and everything um, that I was dealing with. He allowed me to, what is it? Like reprobate mind? Mm-hmm. Like allowed me That's the to scripture. literally but try to live without him. Oh, you definitely can. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I can. And I'll explain. Um, So, I had ended up getting sick, and um, 
Well, I ended up getting sick for a second time. Let's go there. I ended up getting sick. And um, with that, I was doing my own thing at the time. So I was stressed out, was not praying, was not doing any of that stuff. And this is because of what I was dealing with. And I felt like everything was out of whack. Church life was out of whack. My home life was out of whack. Like, it was so much, so many things that had taken place. I went to, um, I woke up one day and my whole right side of my face was drooping. And so I went to the immediate care and they were like, uh, no. Like, that sounds like a stroke and you got to go somewhere else. So then I went to another place. And they were just saying, oh, you're fine, something, something, something. And I'm like, do y'all not hear the way that I'm talking? This is not normal. I can barely talk. Um, my face is drooping and all that. So I went to one more places. Now, mind you, I'm racking up bills now. <laughs> right. So that was the main thing. I'm like, oh, heck no. Like, everywhere I keep going, they're telling me, you know, no, no, no. So I go to the last place. And then they finally, finally diagnosed me with Bell's palsy. So then... After that, I'm on these medications to help my face and help all these different things. Um, still hasn't fully recovered, but it's way better now. And the medications that I take weaken my immune system. So I decided to go out of town, take my kids on a trip out of town because we all needed a getaway. I go out of town and I wake up the next day after being where we were at. And I have this banging headache. And I'm like, oh my goodness. First of all, I don't get headaches. And all of this. Y'all, so I immediately knew that I had COVID. And so we were down there for a couple of days. And so then it was time to come back home. And I just said, Lord, please just let us make it back home. So we made it back home or whatever. And my body continued to depreciate, go down. And I found myself such in a vulnerable state where I was not allowed to cook my kids food. I couldn't move without coughing. I couldn't do anything. And I decided to, well, someone told me to go ahead and go get tested. And when I went to go get tested, they were like, oh my goodness, your breathing is off. So we're just going to go ahead and see what that is. Had pneumonia in both lungs, immediately knew. And they were like, if you drove here, then we're calling the ambulance now to get you to the emergency room. So I get to the emergency room and um, they put me in this room. And they take like an hour and a half to come in. So then they finally come in. They test me. And now I have COVID and pneumonia in both lungs. Yeah. And my oxygen level is at 87%. I had conversations with my mom. And she was like, what the heck? Like, she was like, what is going on with him? What is wrong with him? And this is before pre-going into the hospital. And, y'all, I hallucinated. And I was talking to myself. (laughs) And it was a whole lot of different things that I was doing that was not normal. But I felt like the Lord turned me over to who I would be without him. My God. And the person that I would be without him would be crazy. (laughs) Because of all the traumatic things that had taken place in my life and all these different things. So I'm in the hospital now. They've admitted me to my room. Um, In there, four days. And the Lord did his speaking. You know, he talked to me or whatever. And I just said, okay, Lord, yes, we're going to do this. Now, I'm not saying that this yes was not a process. Because I continue to do some of the things I still wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) However, we we was back on good terms after this. I got home. 
And again, going back to the perspective and changing the mindset, being renewed by the mindset, I got home and I sat there for probably two minutes and I began to scream. And my kids was looking at me like, what the heck is going on? And then I fall Your out on the floor. Your kids done seen some things. <laughs> yeah, they have. They, have. they should be scared. And I'm crying out to God because I felt like I was this new man re-entering back into his home as this new person. And why did I feel new? Because I no longer talked to myself. I no longer hallucinated. I no longer felt like the person that I was pre-before going into the hospital. Did COVID play a part? Yes. But I felt like that was to get the attention. My Mm. attention again. And again, to let me know who I would be without him. And that I would not be nothing, nowhere, nobody without him. This thing. (laughs) Desperate. Desperate. And it was life or death. So that's my desperate story. And it always be a life or death situation. It's like like every time you tell that story, I get a little more information. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I did heard it a few times. That's my first time. I never really told anybody about hallucinating. No, you ain't tell me that. And if you talk to my mama, she would tell you like all the stuff. Like she was like, "Who am I talking to?" Father. That was good. That touched me, Jesus. That I was, was like, good. Lord. I was like, if COVID do that to you, Lord, I definitely don't need it. No, nah, girl, that wasn't even them wasn't that COVID was symptoms. COVID. No, no, that's called that was reprobate. The, 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 Lord, <laughs> the Lord was showing you some things. Lord, he I was, don't want to see the person I would be without you. Mm, I got a good that. glimpse and I was like, oh, mm, not for me. <laughs> you it's, know, so now that you say I don't even think I've really, I don't think I've. I've seen who I'd be without him. Now, I do know the aggression and the anger. Mm-hmm. See, I had all but, of that. I did some stuff that I probably would be locked up if I told y'all, so I can't tell y'all everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell them, but I ain't going to tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right, y'all. Well, we thank you for joining us on tonight. We hope that you'll join us next week on the PBNJ for Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. This is Bree signing off. Y'all be easy.